Okay. Hi, everybody. Hello. I'm John. And I'm Ann. And this is John, John and Ann's, Ann's Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast. Okay. I can't believe we have a live band. I know. We fit them all in the next room. Yeah. The other room that exists in this apartment. How you guys doing over there? We're we're doing good. Oh, yeah. See? You're still on camera when you did the Uh, voice. So people could see that you're lying. They don't don't like... They don't like to talk. So it's a thing we have worked out. They only sing uh, through their instruments. Anyway, we had quite a week. We did. Um, we had a lot of wrestling to watch and talk about, and that's exciting for us. Yeah, and I did it without issue. I I did it without issue. No, I wasn't. Did I have issue? No, no, oh, no. Oh, you were no, making no. fun of yourself. I was making fun of how much wrestling I watched in a single day. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, it was not an insult to you. In fact, it was a compliment. Um, okay. I watched in one day AEW Rampage. The entirety of WWE Money in the Bank and AEW Collision. Yeah. And we still went out and had a nice dinner together. Yeah, w- at which we talked about wrestling. Only slightly. Like half the time. It was, you know, it was on, it was top well, of mind. Well, I mean, mind. what else are you going to talk about if that's what you do all day? You know, it's not, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying, you know. It's if the that's thing what that you we, do all day. If that's what you do all day. If that's what you did, then. I've become my mother. I'm saying really intensely critical things in a nice matter of fact way so far i don't know that i'm channeling either one of my parents, actually i shouldn't say my mom it's probably more my dad <laughs> um well anyway it was a, you know it was a heck of a couple of shows and the week before that you know we had a whole other ass pay-per-view <laughs> aew njpw forbidden door yeah, we watched Forbidden Door. We had people over. So we did. We, we so had I had to stay up the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And had to watch the whole show. And she did. Because she otherwise did it would have been weird. You know, I don't want to be the person who's like, hey, guests, I'm going to bed. Yeah. So I had to stay up past 11 o'clock. Yeah. Which well, I hate doing. I know. Usually you're off to bed by like 930. I or hate being up past 11. Sometimes yeah. I accidentally stay up that late because I'm like on my phone or something. And I'm so mad when I realize mm-hmm. it because it's like. This is how I've become my father. It's like after 11 o'clock, the diminishing returns of your life begin. Like once you once you're awake and it's 11 p.m., you are becoming more tired when you wake up as the time clicks by. It's true. And you're not like, you know, you're not writing like Richard the third or something. You're like just probably on TikTok or whatever. Richard the fourth at best. Yeah, it's like, you know, anything that I'm doing after 11 o'clock is not good for me, so I get upset. That's a good point. I stay up too late. I used to stay up, especially back in, like, the high school days of watching a lot of wrestling. I would watch, like, during, like, summer break, my buddy and I would watch Raw, and we would talk on the phone, and it was very fun. And then we would, like, kind of stay on the phone when we both played No Mercy (laughs) on Nintendo 64. Wow. And then we would hang up, and then I would just, like, play video games and watch often... Jay Leno or uh, Letterman. Basically, I was just killing time until Conan came on. Mm-hmm. And then I would watch Conan. Oh, and yeah. then I would still stay up playing video games to the point. I mean, in some summers, I was up to like six. Yeah. I mean, I did that too when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. But as an adult, as a, you know, a 30 something. Yeah. Well, even back then, it wasn't just, good. It's becoming a. No, I know. But when you're a grown up, you're more aware of how not good it yeah, is because you, you have the ability to think ahead and imagine how you're going to feel after something. Like, I know that, like, oh, it's 1130 and I'm looking at TikTok. I'm going to have trouble falling asleep and I'll be really tired when I wake up tomorrow. That's true. And it's also like I just physically can't as much yeah. anymore. It's just, you know, I get tired. Yeah, exactly. But I still stay up a little bit too late. Just a little We're bit. We're mature. We are mature. But this week you wanted to talk about um, the crowd in context of these two pay-per-views. I did. And wrestling I mean, crowds. Wrestling crowds. And, you know, they were, these were two exceptional 
crowds. Forbidden Door and WWE Money in the Bank. A week mm-hmm. apart. Different you know, places. One was in Canada and the other one was in L- London Town. Well, I was just going to say something that like Rich, uh, I was going to say Richard Meltzer. David Meltzer. There's, I'm sure there's a guy named Richard there Meltzer who would l- really appreciate the shout out. I think there's a famous guy named Richard Meltzer who I can't think of who he is right Dick now. Dick Meltzer. But um, Dave Meltzer mm-hmm. on his podcast last week described like a typical WWE crowd as being one that just kind of sits there and isn't very great. It he said it in kind of an offhand comment, but it, it made me think. I was like, huh, I, I don't know if I've noticed that about WWE crowds. Is that something you would agree with? It um, definitely can happen. I would say it is more likely that a WWE crowd would not, would just kind of be there and not participate as much, more so than an AEW crowd, probably because WWE is has more like broad appeal. You get a lot of families that go... They're just there kind of like some people are there as like the novelty or they're just like, oh, I'm going to go see the famous wrestlers or whatever. Or, you know, a lot of people are there with their kids and like the parents don't really care that much, you know. So I don't know that I would say that like most WWE crowds or I definitely wouldn't say most, definitely not like aren't participating, but much more likely that a WWE crowd would be full of people that are not as invested or just doing it, you know, it's just like a one-off fun time or they're there with their kids or whatever. Whereas an AEW crowd by and large are going to be pretty hardcore wrestling fans. Uh, They're going to be like bigger nerds or whatever, you know, they're going to be more invested um, in the product and a wrestling show. They're going to know the wrestlers more likely. Uh, They're going to want to participate and want to do chants and stuff. And a WWE Crowds usually will react to stuff, but they're not always like hanging on everything. But sometimes they are, and for big pay per views especially, it's it's. I think they've had a pretty good run, especially now that they've been doing them at like stadiums. Because I mean, UK crowds are always participatory. Yeah. Uh, which can go in either direction. Yeah, this Money in the Bank crowd was a lot. They were. They love to sing. They love to sing. If you hate Roman, stand up. They love that. Oh, yeah. They... Zach Gibson, who is what the, his name. He's in the, what is it? The, he's in a faction in NXT where they're kind of like spooky guys with Joe Gacy. I want to say the dyad, but that feels like it can't be because it's, it's two. But anyway, he's with them, and he is kind of like a weird, creepy guy now, but he used to be just like a very straightforward British heel, and he's great. And I actually think he's like one of the best heels around but he hasn't really been able to like fully be himself in a long time but on nxt uk shows he was like one of their big heels for a while and i mean it was incredible Mm -hmm. because he would be doing a promo just just pissing off the crowd and they would be like if you hate gibson shoes off and then they would all hold their shoes up that's funny uh because they're all like you know soccer fans they do all these like fun soccer songs and all this stuff football Mm -hmm. for everyone but americans and uh yeah so they sing a lot and it can get away from them or they can take away from the show there's specifically a song that they sing at bailey and it's it's like hey baby or something and if they just replace baby with bailey yeah hey Hey. bailey i wanna know it's a song from the 60s yeah it's a it's a good song it is a good song in the right context, but they did it at Money in the Bank, and I every time I forget that they do it, and it's a thing where they've done it to her on shows before. And the first time it happened, it was organic and sweet and nice, and it like was it was a nice moment. Mm-hmm. And then it started happening like every time to the point that it would ruin matches because they would just keep doing it and mm-hmm. like stop paying attention to the match or stop participating in what was going on in the match, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was too much, and it got really annoying. This time, they did it once or twice. Maybe because they're all drunk. Probably. In England. <laughs> Over down in London Town, but they're... They like to drink. Well, they love it. You know, they're very... Um, they're they're, uh, they're uh, 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 a... A people just, of libations? I don't know. I couldn't think of... I'm just joshing you, mm-hmm. which is American for joking. Yeah, it's taking the piss. Yeah, I'm taking a piss right now. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. What? God, stop. <laughs> stop. Um, 
But yeah, it's very so they were fine. They were good actually. This so this all this to say, sometimes UK fans can get rowdy or or kind of get carried away or whatever. But I mean, most of the time they're a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. love the songs, and this Money in the Bank crowd was fantastic. They were great from top to bottom, and they like honestly. You and John Cena both agree. John Cena has been right there with me. I I love John Cena. Every time when he tries to be like. You know, they don't want to do this, but I've been saying it's like, really, John Cena? Because I'm pretty sure you have some kind of pull. I don't think that this thing where you're like, I got no say in anything is really that true. Or maybe you believe it's true, but I got news for you, bud. If you wanted to do something or you had an opinion that was strong enough, I'm pretty sure you could make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they said they pitched WrestleMania 40 or not WrestleMania 40. I keep doing that. WrestleMania 40 is confirmed to be in philadelphia pennsylvania yeah uh but a future wrestlemania they didn't specify they said they they heavily teased it and then they had an australian wrestler come out so everybody in in uh, england could um show in australia yeah. but you but what we're saying is that you agree with john cena that this crowd was great this crowd was great and this crowd uh, i mean this is a roughly the size of like i think what a wrestlemania would be um and i think a wrestlemania there would be great. I mean, it's also made me very excited for all in because mm-hmm. all ins an even, even bigger venue i think wembley wembley uh and they're going to they're gonna have at least sixty thousand people there because they've already sold that many tickets um so i think all in's gonna be a fantastic show get ready it'll probably be eight hours long um but money in the bank was you know it was a great show and then toronto fantastic crowd and they were so see this is also a thing it's like a wwe crowd there may not have been i mean wouldn't made any sense right to swap crowds because like a wwe crowd in toronto would probably know a bunch of people from AEW. i don't know if they would know everybody they would probably know virtually no one from new japan unless Mm -hmm. you're really it depends i mean there's definitely like people that are very hardcore into wrestling that watch wwe i mean i watch wwe like it's not like I'm never never watching it, but I would say probably like the majority of a WWE audience doesn't know Hiroshi Tanahashi or yeah. Sonata or even Okada. Like they don't probably know a lot of these guys because it's kind of hard to watch New Japan, or you really have to like seek it out. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> they're very. I was I wasn't sure if you were about to say something. No, no, or, I was waiting for you to finish your point about the crowds. So the crowds really enhance shows is basically what I'm saying. And a crowd can like make a show (laughs) go in one direction or the other. So a crowd, a really like hot crowd that's very participatory can make something feel super important. So the Money in the Bank main event, Roman Reigns, the Bloodline Civil War, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa versus the Usos. Very good match. A lot of emotion and everything. The story, obviously, super well crafted. Big deal. I was like jumping out of my seat for Jey Uso pinning Roman Reigns, which about halfway through I realized like that's got to be what this is, right? Because like yeah. if Roman wins, whatever. He was the first person to pin Roman Reigns, I think. Since in 2013, they said. 2019. Oh no, he was maybe the first. Oh yeah, sorry, he was the first person. Yes, because the the Shield, Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, mm-hmm. uh, and AEW, Seth Rollins, now Seth freaking Rollins, he uses his full yes. name, and Roman Reigns were the Shield, for. Like a year or more, they were, or around a year, a long time, they were undefeated as Mm -hmm. a trio. Uh, And the first team to beat them on a random SmackDown episode were uh, Christian, now Christian Cage, and the Usos. Mm. I guess Jay was pinned Roman, because Roman was kind of like not, he wasn't like the leader of the Shield. I mean, there was a leader, but he was the least experienced guy. So it was, and it makes sense, because the Usos are a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they treat each other as equals. Um, and Roman is a manipulator, and he's not—he's not as experienced uh, as a tag team, or as even as a wrestler. They've been wrestling longer than him. But, um, but if you think about it, that match was like any other. Technically, like they do this all the time, right? Every, half the Raw main events or Raw any any match on a Raw or SmackDown could be a tag team match where somebody pins a singles champion and it sets up a title shot, right? That happens literally every week. Mm-hmm. but this felt like insane and like a huge deal because they built up to it masterfully and it was like a huge deal for Jey Uso to pin him um, and the crowd part of that was the crowd being like hanging on it 
Yeah. All the crowd at the, at the Royal Rumble thing when Sami Zayn turned on Roman Reigns. Like, that's literally like 50% of it yeah. is the crowd, you know? I had a friend from work who was at Forbidden Door. Right. Um, and he had not been to a wrestling show, I think maybe ever, though he watched wrestling as a kid. And he was just starting to get back into it because of me. Mm-hmm. And um, he went to Forbidden Door and he said, like, he had a great time. And the thing that he kept referencing to me when we were talking about it was the crowd. Mm-hmm. He was like, I didn't think the crowd could get any louder. Mm-hmm. And then the Daniel Bryan song played. Yeah. And he was oh, like, final countdown. yeah. And, and like, it, I don't even think he stayed for that match, but it was just like, you know, he heard that pop and it was just like amazing to him. And I think that is a huge part of what's fun about, wrestling because i that's how i got into wrestling was going to a live wrestling show Mm -hmm. feeling like i'm part of the crowd and enjoying that feeling because it's the closest i've felt in a long time it's the closest i ever feel this is gonna sound so nerdy um (laughs) it's it's the closest i ever feel to the feeling that i got in an improv 101 class before I started like doing improv a lot because when I did my improv 101 class we played a game called hotspot and I know you hate hotspot so we're not talking about how you hate hotspot you know who would love hotspot I like a UK crowd they would love hotspot okay and I like hotspot because it's a game where the way we played it was everybody stands in a circle and you get in the middle and you start singing any song you know and it's the rest of the circle's job to sing along with you even if they don't know the words so like People are supposed to, it's an exercise in supporting someone's choice as a group. And I thought it was the coolest game I've ever played (laughs) because it was so nice and fun. And so the antithesis of like how you feel going into a typical theater class, Mm because it's like usually there's that buzz of competition and like cattiness and just kind of bitchiness that like under it's kind of an undercurrent in a lot of like creative fields sometimes. Yeah. That gets that, that, that doesn't start UCB till the 201. Yeah. But it still felt that way. Like it still felt like people were trying to be the best in the class or like, you know, whatever. And this game is specifically designed to override that because it's like, well, the only way you can fail and be bad at this is if you're not helping this other person look good. And so I was like, this is awesome. I love this. And of course, improv over time becomes, so much more complicated if you get deep into it and Mm -hmm. and you kind of start to lose that feeling. Um, And when I went to a wrestling show in 2015 in Mexico city, famously my origin story as a wrestling fan, I got that feeling back because we were all in a crowd together. It was our job to boo the bad guys and Mm -hmm. cheer the good guys. It was our job to like chant things together and like when someone did something really big and crazy, it was our job to make it feel bigger and crazier and like support mm-hmm. their choices. Basically, like as a wrestling crowd, it is your job to support the choices of the performers as long as they're making choices. Yeah. <laughs> so like so it was just a really cool thing. And I, I feel like that is part of why I enjoy wrestling at all is because it, there's that there's that third person in the match and it's the crowd. I mean, it's true. It's I mean, it's like a comedy show, or even like mm-hmm. even. I mean, I, I think it's even more intense than a comedy show because yeah. a comedy show, it's like you're expected to laugh, but you don't feel like you have to laugh super loud. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't sit at a comedy show. I mean, I do kind of because I used to be a comedian, but like, I, I think normal audiences don't feel like, oh, I I need to laugh really loudly at this joke to show how much I like it. Mm-hmm. It's just an instinctual reaction. Whereas I feel like in a wrestling crowd, there is a sense of I need to react really big to this to be like to create this. It's true. Yeah. This yeah. environment in which this work becomes great. You know, like people don't just yell boo. They go boo and they do little thumbs and mm. they, you know, <laughs> they yell. PSA, please don't boo and do little thumbs at a comedy show. No. Yeah, you know, exactly. But mo- mo- most of the time. That's what I mean. Like at a sporting event or a comedy show, you're usually rooting for people to succeed. Yeah. But in, in wrestling, it's like you're rooting for people to succeed by playing a part. That's true. In I a mean, very you are, you over are. overdone way, a very loud way. I, I can't think of the word I wanted to use, but like exaggerated, exaggerated way. That's true. Um, because you, because I think the best thing I ever read about wrestling was that it's a parody of sports. 
And so I feel like when you're in a wrestling crowd, you're kind of playing the part of a parody of a sports fan. Yeah. Like, I've even noticed you do it. Like, you sit there and you'll be like, ah, come on. Oh, I do. Ah, ah. You didn't need to do that. It's disgusting. (laughs) You do that. Absolutely disgusting. (laughs) It's so funny. But it's like every, like a lot of people do that. Some people just sit there and fall asleep or whatever, which is always weird to me. But like a lot of people do that. They sit there and they go, oh, come on, ref, get control of the thing. You know, like they know that it's all scripted, but they'll still do that because they know that that's what makes it great. It's also fun to watch. Like if you go back and watch like uh, 80s wrestling or something like because 80s WWF crowds, it's just a constant just cheers and but like it's just raucous energy the whole time yeah there's no like now we chant this or we react like precisely at this moment to this precise thing it's very like and a lot of those matches were like very you know it would be a lot of downtime and then there'd be like a big moment um and now there's like a lot of matches these days like a lot more is happening and it is like Mm -hmm. it's really interesting that it's evolved with the crowd like the crowd has evolved with it, it's like this unis- like this union of evolution where the wrestling style has changed and the crowd reactions have changed along with it, but they've also changed because of each, like in reaction to each other. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting because an old WWF crowd, like also like, it wasn't, I'm sure most of them knew, but it wasn't accepted that it was yeah. scripted. So they're just reacting like, you know, at a general sports thing. There's like chants yeah. sometimes at a, at a football game or whatever. But it's a lot of just like, yeah. feels more just like a regular football yeah. crowd yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. And it's just, um, and I, also matches would just end. Like yeah. there wouldn't be this whole big like lead up to, I mean, sometimes there would be, but a lot of times matches would just end on something you wouldn't even think was like, a, now it had to be like this big finish or a very noticeable thing. Mm-hmm. We're all going to, ch- you know, chant one, two, three, like Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay is like, if you did that match, yeah, and I I love thinking of, about this. <laughs> if you did something like that match uh-huh. in like Madison Square Garden in 1982, everybody ha- would have an aneurysm. There would be blood pouring out of their nose. Like you, people couldn't even process a match like that back then, just because like it just didn't happen. Well, it they would just were be making like, references to things, and they were yeah. doing all kinds of stuff that was building on years and decades yeah. of. But even just, like, the amount of things that they're doing, the amount of spots that they're doing, yes, the callbacks, like, the rhythms of it, like, mm-hmm. how, th- I mean, the, the craziness of the moves and how violent it was and, like, some of the near, some, that match had some of the best near falls I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a really exciting match. It was incredible. I have a question for you, and I, I hope this doesn't, like, I hope this doesn't make people sad to think about, but given our age... We're far too young to have seen a lot of those 80s matches live. Far too young. Far too young. Impossible. We weren't even born until... No. Well, you know. So the only way we see those matches is by watching them on the WWE platform. Do you think there's ever been um, a little bit of manipulation for some of that sound? Uh, Because I know they, for instance, like... They took out all the music from a lot of the older WrestleManias because yeah. they don't have the licensing for it anymore. Or they don't want to pay for the licensing yeah, yeah. of it. So, like, I know that, like, some of those old WrestleManias, this, the, the music is different now because they've yeah. changed it. Uh, do you think that they ever did the old comedy special trick of piping in cheers at certain points to kind of goose it? They can do that? To goose they it, can goose, they can goose. They your go- yeah, they goose comedy specials all the and time. They do, oh yeah, and they goose like a five-minute like JFL submission. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, of course. All right, great. We live in the time of AI and deepfakes. Right. Okay, great. You can goose anything you want. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> cannot wait to send JFL a complete AI. Like, there actually is a guy on TikTok who does that, and it's wow. so weird. He has these like stand-up videos. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Where it's like clearly not it's in just front like, of anybody. It's just like a wall here, and then he yeah. does fake crowd. Yeah. But I also want like me to be AI. Like I want the deep fake. Yeah. Um. No, those are bizarre. It that that depressed me in a way that was like, it truly felt like almost apocalyptically crazy. It was. Yeah. Th- if you're the guy doing those videos and you see this, like, just 
stop or you're giving reach. us all an existential crisis yeah man, man. for real like either <laughs> stop doing it and then like reach out if you need anybody like yeah. i'm happy to talk yeah i can or recommend like, some open mics admit or something. you're doing some kind of challenging performance art maybe yeah that's cool. that would be interesting spin the gimmick you know spin the make gimmick. the gimmick work brother you know yeah, you can work, do it work the gimmick don't let the yeah. gimmick work you don't <laughs> work yourself into a shoot yeah actually you're wrestling. shooting yourself into a work i think is what's happening yeah um Anyway, but do you think that's possible? It's definitely possible, and they definitely do it. I mean, they used to do it. They still do it now, like, on current shows. They sometimes yeah. pipe in stuff. But I, for the most part, I don't think that they do in those old shows because it was crazy popular back then, mm-hmm. like the Hulkamania era, the 80s. and Like, it was, it was as popular, one of its most popular periods of all time. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they really need to. I mean, and you can also kind of tell when they do that because sometimes they'll dub in like a new ring announcement or they'll dub in the music and then you can hear that it's like general crowd noise and it's like you can, you can usually tell when they do it yeah sometimes because i have watched older stuff where i'm listening and i'm like the crowd doesn't sound like natural here it sounds like a, a stock noise crowd yeah noise. but i think that's just how those crowds sounded sometimes i, I mean i believe you yeah. i just think it's a funny thing to be like yeah no they just sound like stock crowds because that's how old crowds that's sound what, that's what the 80s crowds were like they had you know they weren't they weren't yeah. like they weren't like wrestling nerds that were like there was no internet we weren't all like yeah, oh we're gonna chant fight forever now you yeah, know they it was didn't just, know about cheering other than to sound like a like a stock crowd yeah yeah they didn't they only knew baseball and yeah football and they like when things happen in the olden times yeah the 1980s <laughs> No, they definitely did it, but I feel like you can tell when it's edited and when it's just like, because also a big thing, it's I think it's hard to put that around the commentators. Like it's usually they have the original commentary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's hard to like edit fake crowd noise. I mean, you can add crowd noise for sure, but I feel like it would just. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can usually tell because usually what it is is like you'll, you'll, I don't know. There's like times when they'll edit in like a different ring announcer or something, and you just be. It sounds like a video game. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Um, but yeah, that anyway, was... Anyway, uh, something to keep in mind, folks. Yeah, but Forbidden Sometimes Door... Sometimes they work us in ways we don't even know they're working us. That's true. We're always being worked. Mm-hmm. Forbidden Door, fantastic show. Highly recommended. Um, and then Money in the Bank, also a great show. You know, I think we were talking about some of the things that happened at Money in the Bank that were maybe like kind of dumb or whatever. Like the Rhea Ripley stuff. It's just that when I'm like praising WWE, I think a lot of it is like... Not so much that I, I think they're above notes or I don't want to give notes or I don't agree with notes. And I it's just I'm marveling at how consistently their shows have made sense. And like for them, for the shows to have made sense this many times in a row without like anything stupid and like the you can tell by the crowd reactions being what they are. And all, I mean, also, they're all their business is up everywhere. Like they're mm-hmm. selling tickets like crazy people. I mean, I don't know about pay-per-views, but like whatever everything's up mm-hmm. uh, ratings are up to a confusing level right um yeah raw broke records last week for be- reasons no one understands because the show is better it's not insulting its audience and it's it's like it's not depressing to watch i still advocate only watching the pay-per-views i smackdown is fun sometimes but the way to watch wwa i think is just just to watch the pay-per-views They've been on a great run of pay-per-views since at least Royal Rumble. And even if they're not like, like to my taste, if I'm going to compare them, I would say I, I would probably prefer Forbidden Door. I mean, Forbidden Door is also a huge show for AEW. It's like a WrestleMania type show. So, but Money in the Bank was also great. And I think Money in the Bank is probably equally great in just like slightly different ways. I mean that. Yeah. I mean, I liked Money in the Bank fine. I I thought that like, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> like with WWE, I try not to be an automatic hater, even though I have problems with a lot of the way they do things. And I think with Money in the Bank, I enjoyed the women's ladder match. Um, yeah, the men's fun. ladder match was fine, although I still like I, I know he's a fine wrestler and all this stuff. I just don't get the appeal of Logan Paul. Um, and then <laughs> but that's my bias. That's my opinion. That's just my opinion, man. Um but the thing that really bugged me about Money in the Bank was Rhea Ripley because she's obviously my fave. I, I talk about her a lot. Um, and she came out with Dom and it just it started to feel like they are doing something with her that feels 
insidiously like wicked and and not in a like a badass way in like a oh they're trying to move her into more of a like heteronormative like femme she's the mom the lady manager like the, she they're ki- they almost made her dom's valet in that match uh-huh. it felt a lot like she was just dom's valet which is wild because like i know that people like what dom's doing and he's being funny and he's like a fun guy to watch but the star of judgment day in my opinion is rhea ripley and you know she has a lot of fans who are really obsessed with her for specific reason and that reason is not because she's this like curly-haired like femme you know like lady with the boobs it's because she's a tough bitch <laughs> like yeah. like people like her because she's this you know she's beautiful but she's also huge and strong and like yeah. tough and you believe that she could fight any dude in that company like and that is badass and inspiring and cool to see as a woman and i feel like what they're trying to do because her hair was done in a way that it's never like really looked before she just seemed a lot more like demure and -hmm. like feminine and it just it was a red flag to me it just felt like oh vince doesn't know what to do with a woman like that who's not like because like with china there was, I feel like there was kind of a just treating her like a dude kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And then with Rhea, it's like she straddles that line so much more. Mm-hmm. I feel like Vince is trying to put her on the other side of the line. You know, like he's trying to like be like, oh, you're a girl. Get back in the girl spot, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's really depressing to see. And that kind of like, and also that match wasn't very good. And I just was kind of like, this is depressing. And I'm depressed now. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, not as, I think that kind of, tainted a lot of the rest of it for me um and also i'm just not super invested in the bloodline so but that's me you know those are just my opinions you're the one i'm the one uh i would i do not acknowledge you roman well i agree with all that rhea ripley stuff and i think it's uh you know wwe is very like when they do anything right (laughs) It's so funny to even be talking about them like they're this inept because it's like if anybody should be the best wrestling show on the planet, it's them. They have the resources. They have the fan base. They have the brand recognition. It's absurd for for me to be sitting here and trying to be like, I'm so happy the show makes sense. Yeah. And and, And and just to like another thing about the Rhea Ripley thing I forgot to mention is like literally a couple days before, I think on SmackDown maybe, she was dressed as John Lennon. Yeah. Because she's with Judgment Day, it's a four-person group, and mm-hmm. they she dressed as John Lennon, a man who is like ostensibly like the most famous Beatle. So it's like, <laughs> so you know, to go from that to like almost beauty pageant looking hair. I mean, they did braids that made it seem kind of like tough, but like it just it just feels like she's being kind of pushed into it. It was ga- it was giving they pushed her into a more feminine like look. I think there's so much going on here. I agree with everything you said and I don't want to blame Dom because Dom is just doing what he's, you know, I mean, it's I mean, not, he's grown up in it. I don't think he's the one to like challenge. Yeah. Anything. I don't think like, I don't want to blame him for, for this space, hmm. even though a lot of it, some of it has to do with him. I mean, Dom is such an interesting case because he's like, Definitely should have gone through, like, NXT. He definitely should have gone through, like, a lot more than he did. He To have just immediately debuted on the WWE main roster and stayed there is crazy. Uh, he's definitely held his own. and He's grown a lot. And, I mean, he's over. And he's gotten these reactions. And the match he had with Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania was great. And then I think we got a little carried away. <laughs> like, I think part of the appeal of Dom, first of all, a lot of that was very, like, related to that story. Mm-hmm. And he's still good. I'm not like trying to be like Dom is uh, Dom's very impressive that he's come this far and he's done this much. Mm-hmm. But I think we might be getting a little bit carried away with how far and fast to push Dom. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of his he was her sidekick. Yeah. I remember watching <laughs> randomly WWE and being like like a year ago it was depressing. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like it was straight up depressing. Last year's Money in the Bank was one of the saddest shows. I've ever. It was just like it felt like nobody was invested. Yeah. Like from the crowd or the wrestlers. You know what I mean? And it was mm-hmm. like, and I'm sure they were, but it just was like, 
I don't know. I'd, I've seen WWE go through a lot of huge spikes and big pitfalls, but uh, it's been much more alive in the past few months. Yeah. And I worry that Vince McMahon coming back is going to make it. Or has been. Yeah, and it's, it definitely has been, 100%. Um, but the thing uh, about... But you're right. Like sh- He was her sidekick. He was and her... the only thing that would have made sense in that Cody... Like Dom, because Cody is so far above Dom in yeah. terms of like obvious wrestling skill. That match is already a joke, unless the reason Ripley's ringside is because she's gonna step in and beat up Cody. Yeah, I mean, you know, she and that been didn't like, happen, and it was she like, should have been cheating for him like crazy. Yeah, they, I, I, so a couple things, right? So I randomly watched like a Raw or whatever Judgment Day like a year ago or something. Rhea Ripley, I'm just watching it, and I already liked Rhea Ripley anyway, but it wasn't like I, I hadn't, you know, seen her in a while. And I was like, oh, she's like the star. Yeah. She's the most over. She's the most committed. She's like making this She's exciting happen. to watch. She's exciting to see. And if, honestly, if she was a guy, I think she would have been made like the leader and the focal point. And then yeah. so Triple H, I think, was making her the star. Yeah. And I'm not trying to like come down to anybody else. I love Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor is great. I think he's yeah. Him and, and both of his NXT runs were great. His last NXT run where he was... A heel was phenomenal. Everything mm-hmm. he did was great. All his matches were great. His character work was great. His thing with this Seth Rollins feud was fantastic. His acting was great. Mm-hmm. Everything, like, I believed he could win a match that there was no way yeah, he was going to win. I love Finn. And he was great. And Damian Priest has stepped up in a way that is, like, so commendable. That Bad Bunny match was, like, yeah. one of the best matches of the year. I mean, oh, it was totally. great. His selling in that match was great. I Damian mean, Priest is Judgment Day, on the whole, fantastic. is a great faction full of great performers. Yes. And even Dom also is like, but I feel like we're getting carried away with Dom to the point that like we're forgetting that he is her sidekick. And a lot of the appeal is that he's a little Weasley sidekick guy who's like kind of in over his head all the time. Yeah. And, and now mommy s- has to come and bail him out. Yes. That's like the whole thing. And she has like not been defending that title. She has not been doing anything with that title. No offense to Natalia, but Natalia is not going to be a threat. <laughs> There's just no way they've done Nothing in the last, honestly, like 10 years almost yeah. of Natalia and, to make me think that she's going to be a threat to Rhea Ripley's title. And she should be like main eventing pay-per-views. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing is like Ripley, she's interesting. Like the reason she's the star of Judgment Day isn't because those other guys aren't good. It's yeah. because she is so unique. Yeah. Like she is a woman who can fight men because she's obviously very large and tough and strong but mm-hmm. she also is gorgeous like you know it's yeah. just like and she carries herself with so much pride that and that's also rare i think like sometimes with you know women in wrestling you get either like the sex kitten kind of like jezebel vibe or you get like tomboy you know determined gruffness you know mm-hmm. there's a few different ways you can go but i think it's really rare to see a female performer in this in this world who just when she walks, you know, her shoulders are back. Her mm-hmm. chin is up. She's She looks at people like she's better than them in a calm way. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not manic or, or, you know, going, yeah. You know, she's literally just like, I can kill you and I know I can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, 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 it connects with, I think, a lot of women because it's mm-hmm. like a way that women never move through the world. Like it's not mm-hmm. a way that women, like women are not usually that powerful physically. So we don't get to do that and be like walking into a room like, I'm not afraid of anyone here is kind of her vibe. And it's exciting and cool to see. And I feel like that's what people are connecting to with her in a lot of ways. And then there's also like the sexuality of that and how, you know, exciting I think that is for some people sexually. But like, I feel like that's the core of it. And then WWE, I think, just doesn't, can't, doesn't have the leadership who can make that connection and understand that that's what's happening yeah and i think it's specifically one person yeah and i I think that that they probably think like oh she's hot she's got all these horny fans it's because she's hot let's curl her hair and put some eyeshadow on her and shove her out there it's like that's not what we're (laughs) that's not at all what we're into i mean it's also just it's mostly this just doesn't feel like it's her decision to do it i know if it was her decision to do it it would be i guess a different thing but it's like it just doesn't seem because she also doesn't necessarily like she is she is very feminine in a lot of ways but she doesn't like adhere strictly to the gender binary right when you see her out of costume she's usually dressed very like tomboyish yeah 
in a way that's cool. And she's still gorgeous. Like, this is the thing. is like, she's still gorgeous. Yeah. You know? Like, she's just, like, a person who can do that. And it's so cool to see. And it's really disheartening that she's, especially when they want to tout that they, you know, do all this stuff for women's wrestling. It's weird that they've, like, they got to a point where, like, women were main eventing pay-per-views. And it was very, like, it really felt like things were on on the rise there and they were yeah. like going to be and then it just kind of has like slid back so much uh and it's i don't know it's just very you know what i worry it is and i feel like i've talked about this a little bit before but like like i have a we have a friend we both know somebody who used to work in censorship for networks oh um and she once told me that like it was always very dependent on like what administration was in the white house as to what you could get away with on network tv because you know political movements move through the culture and certain things become more okay than others and right now there is a big socially conservative movement i mean bud light was a sponsor at money in the bank which bud light right now is trying really hard to like overcome the image that they like trans people because you can't do that right now you know like it's like a huge spicy thing to let a trans person make an instagram video about your beer so like (laughs) so i feel like they're caught up like wwe is inevitably going to get caught up in that wave of anti-lgbtq like gender normative roles where the women are small and weak and there to be pretty and dance around and the men are big and tough and meaty and not sensitive and Mm -hmm. like i just i just feel like that's the 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 gravity that pulls them and is going to get worse pulling them as like more of these laws get passed and more of this like online stuff gets worse and so that's part of another reason why it makes me sad yeah i mean all of that stuff is very sad Supreme Court rulings recently are very sad and yeah, and it's just uh, like it's it, brain dead. You know, it it's just like I'm I'm sure on some level they know their audience and they saw what happened at you know places like Bud Light or Anheuser Busch and stuff and and it lets companies know like hey you have to treat people a certain way in front of us otherwise we're gonna cancel you I mean, we're gonna a, freak out on you you know yeah. it really is we're li- we're kind of living in an era of like right-wing cancel culture <laughs> yeah except that it's like more violent than uh, yeah except it's like know. a lot scarier because it's like people shooting guns at bud yeah. light cans and stuff and, and you're it's like, like Jeez. also not based in really any sort of reality or logic well so it's, it's based just, in yeah. like not wanting people to be nice to people that yes. they don't think should exist exactly no, like they're like don't be nice to these girls who are tomboyish and like subverting gender norms because we don't want not, to encourage them to you know, exist. They're not doing what we want them to do. Exactly. So we, we love freedom as long as everybody does exactly <laughs> what we tell them to do all yeah. the time. And if exactly. you deviate at all, we'll threaten to shoot you. And that's what bugs me about WWE. Whereas AEW, to their credit, even though they have fewer women's matches, and I have a lot of notes for AEW on their gender mm-hmm. stuff, um, they re- made a point to replay that anthony bowen promo that i picked last week for promo of the week oh, yeah. um where he comes it, well, it doesn't come out but never. announces i'm gay in the ring and the crowd chants i'm gay they replayed that yeah. on was it rampage that they replayed it or was it collision or it was uh, some one of the one was. of the six hours of uh, yeah, television. AEW, yeah this. <laughs> they replayed that moment and i was like they rarely replay stuff like that yeah and they they did i mean I, so AEW definitely has like issues with how they book women mm-hmm. and basically just everybody outside of the men but also like the, sorry but it feels safer like yeah it, it well, feels it's just like a place where some like things could go better yeah well because and like you can be yourself they're deliberately positioned as a challenger brand which is what tony always refers to them as and so you know they replayed that moment clearly because they're proud of it and they want people to know like this mm-hmm. is this we are a challenger to wwe as in we are the place where gay people can wrestle mm-hmm. Like we are the place that doesn't have the fans that are gonna yell homophobic jokes at the at the yeah gay you're guy. literally like, like I mean, you will get kicked out for that they are stuff, like announcing themselves as these you know if you don't like what's going on over there this is the place for you yeah, and, and so I feel like that almost validates my fear of what's happening at WWE because they clearly probably see it too as like oh we need to position ourselves against this creeping narrative i mean wwe is definitely uh, the more like conservative one i mean yeah. vince mcmahon is literally close friends with donald trump which is oh, also yeah. funny because Vin- 
It's always been funny to me because like Vince wants to be Trump, right? But like well, Vince Trump is wants actually to be Vince. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Vince is actually like a much more successful yeah. businessman than Trump. Trump's more of like a con artist who like pretends he's a businessman, yeah. like a successful businessman. Whereas Vince actually is a ruthlessly successful businessman who's made a this huge yeah. company out of nothing and is really pretty evil. But I was looking you know, for it on my book on the bookshelf, but read Ringmaster. Ringmaster uh, is uh, the book that I don't think it's on. I don't know if it's on the bookshelf right now. It's probably by my bed somewhere. But like. Um, it's written by Abraham Josephine Reisman, and it's uh, all about that exactly. I love our, exactly that thing. I love our bookshelf because it's a mix of like your books for adults and my uh, stories for children. Uh, hey, uh, I have my books. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway, all right. I got the Howard the Duck. Should up we here. move yeah. on to the awards? We probably should. Just if you're in the crowd. Oh, listen well, to your we can section, do the, Captain. The thing I wrote for the gossip thing. We already kind of because are, that kind of is ties into what we're just we, talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, we're already kind of talking about it anyway. Well, say what you know because you're the one who told me this. I heard a little room a room ski. He heard a room ski about uh, Warner Brothers Discovery potentially being the ones behind the lack of women's content on AEW shows. So AEW will often only have one women's match or segment on a show yeah so on per dynamite per collision the joke is they're like an improv team in 2010 there's one girl on the team yeah actually in 2010 a lot of times there wasn't even 2011 yeah yeah. um so yeah the rumor is that they're the ones telling them not to put women's content on because they i guess they don't think it'll draw or the ratings will be bad or they don't care about it and it is Sort of a dumb enough thing to believe that a huge company, and it specifically is, that big company. I mean, it is tempting yeah. to blame David Zaslav for literally yeah, yeah. everything that's wrong in the world because yeah. he's such a good villain. Yeah, um, such a good villain that CM but, Punk called him a friend. Yeah, <laughs> no. And yeah. Well, and I was saying that, like, I feel like that probably sounds like a game of telephone where the thing that comes out at the end is that, but like probably where it started in my head, it would make more sense for the WB to be like, or for Warner brothers to be like, we want this TV product to appeal to men. We have other TV products that appeal to women. Mm -hmm. So we don't care about you expanding your female audience may have been what I would, if I'm being generous, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what I would assume they may be said at some point, like this is meant to appeal to males, 1834. And we don't care if you get women too, because that's what the WWE did. That's why their audience is so big because Mm -hmm. they did expand their women's roster. And they have like, I think Stephanie McMahon one time said that they had a 40% female audience, which is a lot of their audience. They also, they, may, exa- they may be Man lying, basically said sure. that she created women's wrestling at one point. Yeah, no, um, I mean, she may have been lying, but, you know, there's no downside to bringing in more people. And yeah, there's no, no sure. reason they wouldn't want to have that many women fans. And I think it's pretty obvious that if you want more female fans, you need to give female fans more of what they enjoy, which is if it's not other women, it's it's story and it's character development, which so I'm going to say that it's probably because of the women <laughs> that, they, that the yeah. WWE uh, That's true. gains I women. Mean, you don't even like the bloodline, which is the most, I know. that's the biggest story. Well, it's just been going on for so long. I know, it's been going it on for changing. almost a year. It's been going on for longer than that, but it's been just Well, I like, know, but like this particular, yeah. like, but you know, changing. we hate Roman and we're going to, we're going to get him. It's been changing over time. I know, yeah. but it's just, I don't have, I don't know. I just, I don't have the connection to, to it that other people have. So I, you know, for me, it's just, it doesn't resonate, but, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. That's what I think about that. A little yeah. Gossip. I mean, put more women's stuff on and actually on AW and everything, but uh i this was something that i noticed i was like you know what's funny about that is yeah aew run by tony khan often only has one women's match and maybe like a women's segment per show Mm -hmm. roh yeah run by tony khan is like a bunch of women's matches and segments throughout the show Mm -hmm. which has no and that has no ties to warner brothers that's just so Perhaps there's so it might be circumstantial this. evidence, but you know there could be some truth there. Tony Khan books women. We know this. We That's evidence. a spicy statement. That's yeah. Tony Khan will pay for his crimes. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you, Tony. We love you, Tony. Um, Thank you. All right. Tony. So let's do the awards. All right. So promo of the week. Promo of the week. I picked. 
Hamilton, Ontario's own Ethan Page. Yeah, it was a good one. All ego Ethan Page. Very surprising. I, not that I, not that he could do it for him. I already knew he was a great talker, a great performer. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't expect uh, that. You know, we knew MJF was coming out to do something. I figured it would be a squash match because they didn't announce an opponent. Came out, super squash match. I was like, he's going to do something else. And it led to Ethan Page coming out and doing a great fired up promo. One of the guys in the company that can hold his own with uh with mjf and they had a great little world title match uh best part of the promo was ethan page ratting on his wife saying that she's upset that he uh hasn't gotten a push um and we were just having a lot of fun imagining her being like look i'm not mad i just like didn't realize you were gonna say that on tv and yeah like i know next time i see tony it's gonna be like really awkward that i have to because now he knows i was like talking shit and it's really it's just like i wish you would run that by me Mm -hmm. um and so that was great. Yeah. Um, okay. So my pick is MJF because I'm such a mark for MJF. Mark but Jacob this, Friedman. But this week, uh, I was about to connect, correct you, and then I realized you're doing a joke. Yeah. Um, this week he has been doing some really fun stuff that I love from wrestlers, which is like in-ring promos are cool. They're often the best ones but i like what he's been doing this week because he's been taking it out of the ring and bringing it into like the rest of the world where he's been doing these tweets where he gets mad at tony for making him wrestle every week because it takes him away from his cat (laughs) he's posting photos of his cat and putting words next to her like come home daddy i'm so Uh sad like Uh you know like it's it's really really funny and then on top of that he's also he called into adam cole's twitch stream the other night and was just like he's doing this thing where he's acting like he's really desperate to be adam cole's bestie because they've been assigned to each other for this tag team tournament and it's just it's just he i just love that he is a man who understands what works Mm -hmm. understands that like oh i'll post a photo of my cat and this is like a silly whiny thing that people are going to go nuts for on the internet because people love cats Mm -hmm. And it's also just so silly. It's in character too. He's <laughs> like, because he doesn't want to wrestle. Exactly. It's it's in character. It's silly. So it's using, for the internet. And it's a heel move. He's doing right. every dirty trick he can think of. Yeah. To get out of it. And he's also with the phone call to Adam Cole. Like he sounds so desperate, and it's kind of like you almost feel bad for him when he's talking to Adam Cole, because again, this is a man who like isn't afraid to humiliate himself yeah in the in the tradition of guys like john cena who are like great stars because they you know as much as their persona might be i'm the best i'm the coolest it really comes down to are you willing to look like a a dork john cena is willing to do that in (laughs) tv shows and movies yeah yeah, i cannot stress enough that i watched a full decade of wwe where there was not a single Mm -hmm. percentage of john cena looking at all bad yeah no uh i I agree but i'm just saying like i think that that really says a lot about the kind of performer mjf is Mm -hmm. and that he's willing to be the kind of heel that also just looks like a dickhead sometimes yeah or looks pathetic, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he's not afraid to do that, I yeah. think, is just is, Chris Jericho is great. also great at that. That's yeah, probably exactly. why Jericho works so well. He's oh, not afraid exactly. to look stupid. I think he probably learned that from Jericho. Probably, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he loves Jericho, and it's also great because, I mean, theoretically in character, he's probably doing this because he's got to be in this tournament. But also, he knows Adam Cole. Like in his character's mind, he knows Adam Cole like had him beat in that eliminator match mm-hmm. to earn a title shot so he knows adam cole could beat him so yeah. he's trying to be like we should be friends and go after the tag titles to like convince adam cole to like not want another title shot mm-hmm. um but it's also fun because in his mind he's already met one of his heroes cm punk who like has let him down in character and out i guess and then uh now he's met another one of his heroes adam cole and he has a chance to like Maybe this one will go better, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind so. of, like, sweet. Even though you, you you imagine there's those, like, Machiavellian motives behind it that make sense for his character, it's also just kind of like, oh, MJF yeah. wants a friend. He does. You know? Although Dave Meltzer on his podcast last week was like, was like nobody's going to tell MJF that, you know, Adam Cole is, like, not, you know, going to be his friend. Like, isn't there anyone who wants to suck up to the champ uh-huh. or whatever? It's like, no. You do it, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> call him doesn't he have any friends mjf has no friends <laughs> oh my god i would love if Meltzer was somebody's manager uh oh that'd be great but yeah that's it's a great thing um, um all right match of the week you know i 
so many great matches that yeah. we can choose from. You know, yet Forbidden Door we hadn't talked about. You mm-hmm. know, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, one of the greatest matches of all time. I mean, Brian Danielson and Kazuchika Okada just even for Danielson broke his arm and they still had a fantastic match international title match at forbidden door then he got money in the bank he got the ladder matches mm-hmm. he got the bloodline where main event jay uso finally pins roman reigns probably setting up a SummerSlam uh title match for him all great stuff roman cracking at the seams breaking apart whatever uh you know but i think I, there was a match uh promoted by you know upstart promotion extremely serious wrestling where Crackers, the Luchador Phoenix, and all-natural Justin Rhodes challenged the, you know, dynasty team yeah. of Cool Romance, Adam Coolheel and Captain Romance, who had been the XSW Tag Team Champions for, yeah. I mean, years at this point. And, uh, uh, you, you know, know could, just, could Crackers trust Rhodes? Could yeah. Rhodes change? And he did, and they won the XSW Tag Team Championships. I saw that match. I I didn't know. I don't know where you were during it, but I was, I was there in the crowd. Yeah, I was in the back. Um, I, I was you know I was in the, in the back I was of the crowd. You know. a little disgusted by Justin Rhodes. Um, uh, you know, he came really close to betraying his friend for a bag of Cheetos. Well, addiction is a difficult <laughs> thing to deal with, and sometimes I think it's actually pretty impressive that he was able to stare it right in the face. And make the conscious decision not to do it. That's true. That's true. Although, you know, the thing is, I, you know, these redeemed heels, I just don't know how much I trust them. It's like the MJF Adam Cole thing. It's like, how how do you know he's not just doing this because he thinks the luchador parrot could beat him? First of all, he's a phoenix because he died and (laughs) came back. So he's not a parrot anymore. Yeah. Well, I think Justin Rhodes is, is... is he did a great job it was a great match though i'm agreeing with you it's a great match yeah and there was i'm just uh, saying i don't know i don't know how much uh, crackers can trust uh this justin rhodes well guy. he's gonna have to i guess he's just gonna have to keep on keeping on he's yeah. just gonna have to keep going out there and mm-hmm. proving himself over and over again it's just one day at a time yeah uh also you know shout out to everybody in the match shout out to cool romance uh, who then broke up at the end of the night adam cool he'll finally yeah broke away from captain romance's cheating ways uh and we'll see where that that goes i could see a, i could yeah. smell a feud there yeah um and uh to referee devin for god taking a health kick to the face yeah and I looked rough. just went getting back in there at the end um so yeah. xsw will have another show they'll have another show uh soon yeah. um and also you know check out desperado versus willie mack from roh yeah that was a good one Okay, mine is a match that didn't happen this week anywhere but on the Pro Wrestling Potluck, hosted by our friend in the Mean Scotland Green. Uh, Mr. Green Mist on Twitch. Mr. Green Mist on Twitch. He played a match. I don't know what year it's from, but it was the one of the best matches I have ever seen in my life, <laughs> and I was so happy about it. It was Masha Slamovich and Ali Catch, two women wrestlers who are independent wrestlers um and they were i actually don't know that that's the name of the i can see you googling it i that's a that's a name i, I think made it, up i'm sure this will come okay oh yeah there it is yeah beyond um, wrestling it looks like it, it was, was a beyond wrestling match and it was happening on the beach and what happened in the match was that masha slamovich is from russia she brought borscht to feed people and she wanted Allie Catch to try some of the borscht. Borscht. Allie, borscht. Um, Allie Catch tries it, doesn't like it, spits it out. She's disrespectful. So then they have a match. I don't know that's why they had the match, but they had to have a match. And they end up at one point fighting in the ocean because this is on the beach. And they leave the ring and they go in the water. And yeah. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I just thought it was so great. It was. Because um, they're both great wrestlers anyway, and to get to see them in the, kind of that novel environment was really exciting and fun. And, and just everything I love about You can kind of tell my tastes uh, when it comes to wrestling by my awards that I give, like MJF tweeting about his cats and calling it a Twitch screams and Masha Slamovich and Ali Catch fighting in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love surreal things that kind of push the limit of what, what wrestling can be. Mafiosa. Yeah, that was the wasn't that that lady's name? The she was in the mafia. And she oh was yeah, Dark yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Once, yeah. Megasis. 
is uh, another wrestler yeah. that I like. Uh, anyway, outfit of the week. Uh, I picked Butch from uh, Money in the Bank. He looked like a Spice Girl. Pete Dunn, yeah, because he so yeah, Liv Morgan was dressed in a like a Union Jack outfit, and yeah. so the commentator said she was dressed like a Spice Girl, just basically because she was a woman wearing yeah British wearing stuff, I guess. But and Butch also was dressed in sort of a UK inspired thing. Uh, he was also wearing like a Union Jack thing, wasn't he? Well, he was wearing it was like Union Union Jack colors, which are also American oh, flag yeah. colors, red, white, and blue. But the layout of his singlet looked like what I was getting was Paps blue ribbon. Oh, so yeah. So it looks like he was just sponsored by PBR, which that's is funny because there actually is a wrestler that that is his gimmick. Oh, I believe his name funny. is Eric Cannon. Uh-huh. Uh, and he is, uh, like, he started kind of doing it, and then he actually became officially sponsored by PBR because he, like, reached out Aww. to them. And then I think he's still wrestling. Um, that's nice. Yeah, but it was just funny because every time I looked at Butch, I was like, the logo just looked like PBR. And yeah. uh, we love Butch. Butch is great. Change um, your name back to Pete Dunn. I picked... Um, uh, a shocking, uh, new character, uh, a shocking new wrestler who has emerged from the ether. Uh, his name is Blue Kane, and he's Kane, but he's blue, and he has snow powers. Yeah, and I thought that was great. It's so funny. He looks great. He looks just like. Cane with snow powers. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for Green Cane, who's got earth powers. Oh, God. It's the great. power of, of plants. I put that under Outfit of the Week because I thought that would be a place to put it. You got to <laughs> mention Blue Cane, and where else are you going to do you, it? Exactly. You got to mention Blue Cane. Blue Cane and Lady Frost. Book it, somebody. Oh, my gosh. Somebody book it. And Glacier. Trios. Whoa. Glacier they could be was, a little faction They somewhere. could be great. Oh, my god! They might have to change his name, though, because Kane is very much copyrighted. Yeah, I know. Um, um, but, but it's a come parody. On. Come on, Glenn. Play along. Uh, okay. Nerd fantasy bookings? I want, and this is going off of, so, look, Hiroshi Tanahashi, legend of legends, the ace of New Japan for many years, one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Guy can do it all. In ring wise, he, you know he's great. He's got tons of charisma. He can lead a crowd. But you hate him. But he sucks. No, he's great. He's a legend, and he is feeling his career now. I think, and it, it's been in the past couple of years. It'll be like you'll see Tanahashi slow down a little bit for like tag matches and things, but then for like big main events or whatever, he'll turn it back up and he'll look fantastic. This is like this Forbidden Door weekend was kind of the first time I saw him on Collision. He looked slow and hurt. And then at Forbidden Door, he and MJF had a great match. A lot of that had to do with MJF selling for him and doing all this heel stuff. They worked a perfect match for where he's at right now. But it was kind of the first time I'd ever seen him like not really be able to pull out. And I think like a, a big performance. And I just think that he should probably take some time away. He's going to be in the G1 Climax tournament, which is like a month straight mm-hmm. of wrestling matches almost every day. Or mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be a little different because they have four blocks now. But it's like going to be hell on him. And I'm watching ROH. El Desperado from New Japan is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. He's going to be wrestling. He's going to be main eventing both nights of this New Japan Strong Independence Day back-to-back pay-per-views. He's great. He's been a junior heavyweight. Uh, It's been seeming like he's done almost everything in the junior heavyweight division except win Best of the Super Juniors, which I don't know if that's going to happen at this point. It seemed like this year was the year to do it. They didn't, but I understand why Watto is a good way to go. But anyway, it seems like he's ready to move up to heavyweight because he is clearly a huge star for New Japan. They clearly know that. Everybody loves him. He does a great job. He wrestles like a heavyweight. He wrestles heavyweights on like the U.S. shows and everything, feuding with John Moxley right now, right? So I think he should – and on ROH, the commentators there mentioned that he was now firmly a heavyweight, which is a very big deal for New Japan, and I don't know if that's been officially said by them. But if he is, that's what I want. I was hoping he'd be in the G1 Climax tournament this year. Uh, and I will cry if he ever is and he ever wins, right? But, because again, I've said before, like those tournaments are like as big of a deal in New Japan as winning the championships. Mm-hmm. So what I would like for to happen here is for Tanahashi to take some time off, take some time away, don't do the G1 Climax tournament, swap in El Desperado, who's ready to go, really needs the opportunity really like has earned the opportunity and i think that would be 
a fantastic way to proceed. I don't think it's going to happen this year, mm-hmm. but I would love to see it happen. And I like a, that your wild nerd fantasy booking is just like a logistical concern. And <laughs> well, it's not going to happen. So I'm like, I no, think I it know. would just I be. I just think it's funny that you want to replace somebody. Well, uh, I think it would be good for both people involved. Yeah, and it's no. funny because actually Desperado is not that much younger than Tanashi. Tanashi's like mm-hmm. 46, I think. And Desperado, I think, is going to be 40 this year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and actually. All right. There's a big difference between 40 and 46. True. Ta- Tanahashi right. at 40 looked a lot less hurt. Yeah. Uh, but but Just like, like there's a big difference between 37 and 40. That's true. And 38 and 40. And yeah. so Satoshi Kojima at Forbidden Door, he's like six years. He's in his 50s. He wrestled mm-hmm. CM Punk. Yeah. He looks great, you know, but he yeah. wrestled well, like a slower body style is anyway. Different. Yeah. He wrestled like kind of a slower style in Tanahashi anyway. So I guess, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, your nerd fantasy booking? My nerd fantasy booking is um, I want to give Ethan Page a, a slot because I, I, I did like his performance a lot this week and I, I wanted to kind of give him his flowers and say, good job, Ethan Page. I want to see Demi Bennett, who is Rhea Ripley. That's her real name, but. If she ever came to AEW, she'd probably have to be... What a great shoot name. Demi Bennett or somebody... Something Demi. I, I do think Demi is a great like yeah. name for the a wrestler. The Demigod. Uh. Yeah, the Demigod. Uh, I I would like to see them in a match because I think that would be really... Co- I think he's like the kind of male wrestler that would be good with her. And yeah, I could just see it, you know? They would work very well together. It'd be fun. A lot of promotions where that could happen. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have this week. Um, that is. We got to go to our, our friend's birthday. So, yeah. We'll see you guys later. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye.